What is up, all ye sinners? Welcome back to the Bible Belt Atheist Podcast. Coming to you live from the capital city of the Bible Belt itself in the home of the evil empire, lovely Lynchburg, Virginia. Thanks for listening. If this is your first time, I greatly appreciate it. And if you are a return offender, surprise, we're going to take a twist today. It's going to be a little different. And I hope you like it. So um, I actually interviewed somebody. Um, a listener reached out and expressed interest in being on an episode. And we talked about it and decided that it would be cool. So that's what we did. We sat down last night. And we recorded an episode, and that's what you're going to hear in just a minute when I'm done with this intro. Um, he's my new friend, Isaac, from Tennessee. Uh, we got to hear a bit about his life story, uh, his evangelical upbringing, and now where he's at and his thought processes and his beliefs. And I think it went well. Uh, this is my first time talking to someone on the show other than my girlfriend and we, I had her on an episode about a year or so ago and we may have been drunk. I don't know, but it was fun, but this is a little different. This is someone who really wants to be on an episode and express that. And I'm glad to talk to him and I had an enjoyable conversation. I hope you will hear that. Um, so subconsciously I was thinking, golly, I hope I don't talk over him too much. I hope I don't step on his stories and hope I let him finish his thoughts because I'm extremely guilty of that in everyday conversations. I'm pretty famous for interrupting people and uh, stepping on their stories before they complete their thoughts. And I'm sorry, I do it. It's this nervous energy that I have. And the thing is, at least I know I do it. And I try to be conscious of it and I try to be aware that I'm doing it. So it's a constant work in process for me. Um, you will hear a couple of technical issues in this episode, but overall, I think it turned out pretty well. I recorded it on my phone. Uh, I dabbled with several different ways to record it and this worked out the best. Thanks to my girlfriend for helping me work through all that. And we finally got to sit down and talk last night. Uh, he had a really good story with a lot of insight. Uh, he has a very interesting background. We have a lot in common, and we have a few differences, but it's all good. Um, after this first episode with Isaac, it's kind of the introduction, the uh, get-to-know-you episode. Uh, in the future, moving forward on subjects that I want to do the podcast about that I think he would be great for chiming in. I'm definitely going to reach out uh, to see if he'd like to be on the episodes again. And um, here we go. Uh, this is my new friend, Isaac from Tennessee. I hope you sit back, you enjoy, and maybe you'll get a laugh out of it. That's what we were going for. You said, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. Welcome to the Bible Belt Atheist Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm great. I'm having some headphone issues at the moment. I don't That's know what's right. going on. We'll get through it. So, well, welcome to the show. And uh, please uh, introduce yourself and tell everyone what you would like for them to know about you. Uh, well, first off, my name is Isaac. I grew up in a small town in Northeast Tennessee. Uh, at the base of some mountains, and I currently live outside of Knoxville. I uh, grew up evangelical, and now 
try my darndest to tell anyone that can listen that I'm an atheist. Understood. We we definitely have a lot in common, except for football. Because oh, I'm, yeah. I'm a Georgia Bulldog, and I expect you to be a Tennessee volunteer. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. But at least that's not an Alabama fan. <laughs> this so. is very true. We have them surrounded. <laughs> so that's much better. Indeed. Well, uh, thank you for joining me. We talked about doing this, and I'm glad we can make it happen. And um, I guess my first question is, I'm going to start out with, I guess, a personal question is, how old were you when you realized that you didn't quite believe in the big story? I'd say probably around 11-ish is when I started having questions that no one seemed to be able to answer or wanted to answer. Understood. my biggest question was always, I've always tried to look at both sides of every story, even when I was little. Okay. And I never could understand why if, if heaven was such a great place, why Satan wanted to take over. I and never, good points. that was my biggest question when I was younger is what, what was going on? Why? And that was what started it all. Excellent. I think that's kind of where we all start on this path. And, and, you know, I always compare the belief in God or the belief in a Bible is the same as a belief in Santa Claus. And um, I honestly don't remember even knowing who or believing that Santa Claus was real. So, you know, children have a very inquisitive mind and some people uh, keep that with them forever. And then some people just fall in line with the rest of the sheep. Well, see, but I I see it a little bit different than, I guess, maybe the way you did. Okay. Uh, I had a kind of a unique perspective. My grandparents were very, very evangelical. I found out later in life that they are what's known as young earth creationists. Okay. I'm not even familiar with that. Um, they truly believe in the genealogy of Genesis. They believe that the earth is between seven and 9,000 years old. They follow exactly what it says in Genesis. Wow. That's, yes. uh, that's pretty hardcore. I didn't find that out until I was a teenager, but that's, that's what I grew up with. They were almost the custodians of the church. So anytime the doors were open, I was there. Yeah. And then I would live with my mom, who was divorced and a single mother. And then on the weekends, I would go to my father's, who, to put it nicely, was a womanizer and liked to party. So I had three different perspectives going on at one time. Yeah. And it was was really weird to try to navigate what was going on. I bet. I bet. And that's a – that's – Probably not the most common story, but I would imagine that that is common because most people now have two or three households that they bounce around in. And uh, there's always going to be that one section, that one side that's going to try to bring you along to the flock. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I I know with me personally, um, and you you might be able to relate to it. It's uh, you're torn because you don't want to disappoint anyone. No, for the most part, I try to stay I guess respectful especially when it comes to my family and that's because it is such a touchy subject here 
but I'm also very outspoken about my beliefs. Like where I grew up, it was almost easier to tell someone that you were a pedophile than an atheist. Wow. I mean, because they thought it's almost like you're a demon to them whenever you're an atheist, like you're pure Satan and pure evil. So I tried to change that. I tried to put out that smile and the joking and the friendly manner. And I tried to change that view on people. That's awesome. Um, I've tried to do that myself. I know for me personally, um, I've always been confronted with, you know, people questioning me. If you don't believe in God, then where do you get your morals from? And that kind of, in a way, makes me want to overcompensate in the other direction just to prove them wrong. Not necessarily um, to try to convert them or to try to make them see my side of the story. I just like proving people wrong. Right. So I do. That was one thing. I don't know if you had to do that or not, but whenever you started talking about it, did you have to defend your ideas? That's one big issue that I found with being an atheist. But yeah. yeah. Every, um, how, sorry, go ahead. How old are you? Me? I, I I'll be ask. 37 this year. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I was, I was almost confrontational and it's just been in, in recent few years that I've actually tried to just explain it kind of matter of factly, like you're just having a casual conversation. Uh, for instance, the other day, um, someone was talking about, um, you know, Noah's Ark and, and, and such things. And I made just a simple passing comment of, I wonder how long it took for the polar bears to walk to the Middle East. <laughs> you know, just, true. just a thought, just like, hey, this is a thought. You might want to think about this, not shoving it down their throat but i mean for years uh, especially in my 20s if somebody started hounding me about christianity or religion i would just yell at them and call them idiots and then i realized that i was just making myself and my calls look bad so i felt I like went you know through that. See, it's easier to win people over with sugar rather than than uh sour you know what i mean yes I, i'm guessing that you've you kept up with Christopher Hitchens and Oh yeah. I the found Hitch. Christopher Hitchens like towards the end of his life. Yes. And his debates to me were amazing. I had never heard anyone talk about religion in that kind of way. Oh, I agree. The Hitch was the man. And um the funniest thing, I don't know if you've ever heard this comment I saw the funniest thing he ever said, and it's vulgar and I like vulgar. So here we go. Um someone asked him in a Q&A session, they asked me, said, have you ever prayed before? And his response was, yes, once for a hard-on. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. it just, you know, you have to find humor in your differences because it really is kind of funny. I mean, yeah. so I told you a little bit about how I grew up. I heard on one of your past podcasts, you missed, uh, you mentioned Ken Ham. Yes. Um, do you know much about Ken Ham? Um, well, I watched, <laughs> strangely enough, I've only seen the little sound bites that I've run across on YouTube. I haven't really, um, gone down that rabbit hole too terribly deep, but I did watch something in interesting. I watched the debate that he had, uh, live in front of an audience with Bill Nye, the science guy. Yeah. And that's on YouTube for anybody who wants yeah. to see it. It's quite entertaining. 
Yes. So I live just a couple of hours away from his arc replica that he built. There are actually billboards around on the interstate around Knoxville for this wow. replica. And you can look it up. That He actually tried to sue because he built it in a floodplain and his giant boat got flood damage a couple of years ago. Well, he should have prayed harder. Well, I mean, he should have had that boat insurance. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, he didn't have a quality craftsman like Noah around. So, yeah. But he's yeah. a young earth creationist, too. If you ever go into that rabbit hole, they, yeah. they believe that everything is devolving instead of evolving. Well, I mean, that they may be the poster child for that. Who knows? Um, yeah, I think growing up, we both grew up in the Bible Belt. And, you know, I live in Lynchburg, uh, Virginia. I can... I could actually walk to Liberty University from here in about 10 to 15 minutes. Uh-huh. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a bizarre little town that um, the Falwell stranglehold is still pretty strong in spite of all the, all the allegations and, and everything that's going on with the family. But I think anybody who grew up and lives in small town, South Bible Belt in America, everyone has a church in their town that or they have someone in their town or somebody close to them that got their little 15 minutes of fame for just being batshit crazy about yep. religion. Yep. So. I mean, I, I've actually had conversations with my mother. Like the first time I ever heard the name Marilyn Manson right. was in church. That was yeah. the first time I ever heard it. And then I was like, who is this guy? Yeah. And then I was like, okay, now I'm a metalhead. And that was like, that was the beginning. Yeah, so. definitely. I I was born in the 70s, spent most of my childhood in the 80s, and I was one of those long-haired metalheads. And um, people that were in fear for my soul were constantly saying, you know, you really shouldn't listen to that. And, yep. You know, I think, I think the big thing that I get from all of this is it, it's all about honesty. And it's all about being honest with yourself. And you sound like someone who over the years has figured things out. You've been honest with yourself and you sounds like in a polite way, you've been honest with the people around you. And I think that's the important thing because something I haven't really mentioned on the podcast, uh, even if at all, is that I don't really believe that most Christians who claim to be Christian really are. I don't even think they believe it. No, most Christians can't. Well, that that was what I was getting at whenever I was asking you if uh, if you felt like you had to justify your beliefs, because if you ask a Christian in normal conversation to justify something or if you can give them Bible verses, it almost blows their mind. Sure. That was one thing I figured out was I started actually like reading and looking into things. And I actually have an ex-girlfriend that I helped pass Old Testament at Milligan College. Wow. Her knowing that I was an atheist, I helped her pass that class. There you have it. I mean, well, the the thing is, and I have said this before, most, I don't believe most Christians have actually read the Bible. No. So that's a, uh, that's a very important part of the whole belief system and the faith and the whole thing is, you know, being able to recite scripture is a little different than actually understanding scripture. 
And yes. uh, I, I printed out something a few years ago to show someone that I was trying to prove a point to that the Bible contradicts itself over and over again. And most people don't know that because they haven't taken the time to read all of it or try to remember all of it. And then they would realize, Hey, I've heard this the opposite way before. It just doesn't happen. They don't take the time to do it. So. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I've always looked at it as like, like granted I'm an uneducated dumbass, but I've always looked at it as there are almost three different types of gods in the, in the Bible. Sure. There's the sure. trickster god of Abraham and Isaac. There's the um, vengeful god of Noah, and then you've got the meek and mild god of Jesus. And to me, that just shows how civilization slowly, gradually changed over time. Sure. And I mean, that's the way I thought about it. I I really got into it because I started looking into ancient myths. Mm. And yeah, but, well, you can go back and study a character named Horus. And Horus was basically, if you read Horus's story, and I forget which part of the world he comes from, but his story reads verbatim the story of, and the life of Jesus. And it's like, does, does every uh, Messiah have the same story? I mean, it's just they dress a little different, maybe pronounce <laughs> things a little different. I don't know. But, <laughs> So I do have a question. You mentioned yes, talking to family and, and friends, and and I know you've had conversations with coworkers like I have. Um, at what point, it, a lot of people, it, it's almost like a coming out of the closet thing. It's like you sit down, they'll sit down with their family and they make this big announcement from the entire family. And depending on how batshit crazy the family is, depends on how it all plays out. But I, I was fortunate. I never had to have a ceremony or anything like that. Did you, was it something that you had to keep inside for a while and then bring it out? Or was it just, you felt comfortable expressing it early on? Well, it, To me, I had to have, I felt like I needed to have something in my arsenal. So I needed to have some kind of facts, something to back it up. Gotcha. So like the, the first thing I started with like my grandparents about was homosexuality. Uh, like I said, I mean, they're, that's, you know, Old Testament. Mm -hmm. So I started like looking into it and I started pulling up things on like gay rams in the wild. Like right. I started, you know, right. I started like, and from there it just, it just progressed. But no, as far as coming out, I just, I've always been really close to my mom and my mom's always been really open-minded. That's great. So I've talked to her about things and she always looked at it differently than what my grandparents did. And that's where that different perspective came in. Yeah. Very similar to my story. My mother was the same way. My mother was just a hell raising um, hippie. Child. <laughs> and her mother was too. So I got grandparents on one side who became religious later in life. And then I have grandparents on the other side that were never religious and you didn't want to interfere with their partying. So they didn't have time for small talk like the Bible. So, well, I mean, yeah. And it also comes down to, I mean, I think you can find it statistically that education plays a big part in religious beliefs. And the small Absolutely. part of Tennessee that I'm from is not really known for that. It's, it's mostly under the poverty line. It's at the valley of uh, the mountains. 
it's it was literally pretty much made because of moonshiners. The moonshiners yeah. would run from the mountains down to Knoxville, which was about three hours away. And Absolutely. I mean, no one ever left. It was you were born there, you stayed there, you died there. Sure. And nobody traveled. Nobody had a passport. Nobody met different people from different lands. Yeah, I, I, you and I are very fortunate. We were we are born in, and come up in a time where we have access to information. You can surf the Internet. Google will tell you anything you want to know. And, you know, in my mind, the the switch has been turned in that, hey, all of this information is out there proving all of this mythology is being bullshit. You know, all you got to do is just, you know, research it for yourself and you don't have to believe me. You know, let's yeah. look at let's look at things like logic and and let's look at, you know, common sense. And, and you mentioned Christopher Hitchens and I discovered him uh, several years ago. And it's, it was mind blowing that he would say something that you're just like, Oh my God, he, he just made it so simple and so easy to digest for everybody. Everybody's got to see it now. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, what is it? The uh, celestial North Korea. That was one of his lines all the time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, and it's just, it's funny that, you know, we're, we're very fortunate. You and I are very fortunate. We grew up in a time where we can think for ourselves and, Found out, find out facts and information that we really wanted to find out about, and hear two sides of the same story. I always tell people there's three sides to every story: uh, your side, my side, and the truth. Yeah. And we have easy access to the truth now. Now you have to realize, 200 years ago, if we would have let it slip to someone that we were an atheist, we could have been burned at the stake. Yeah, you know. And- I've actually had that conversation with other atheists about people like my grandparents. I'm like, you can't, you can't really blame them. And I know that's not an easy pass, but when you're 80, 90 years old and you've been taught something your entire life and it's what you've lived for, it'd be really hard to rip that bandaid off or to see anything any other way. Well, it's, if it's all, you know, then it's all, you know, and, and they didn't have access to, no. to half of half. They didn't have access to 1% of what we have access to. No, I mean, my and, grandfather's talked about watching the four lane be built. Sure. I mean, <laughs> so. Yeah. And, and my grand, my grandparents that I was closest to uh, here, my mother's uh, biological father and his, and his, I guess she'd be my step grandmother. So, uh, I, my grandfather is my hero. I've got his name and birthday tattooed on my arm. And, uh, he, uh, he started going to church around the age of 50. He started going with my grandmother and he basically, I think he went because of her, but he never pushed his beliefs on anybody. He never told anybody what he thought they should do. And he was not going to talk about religion and faith with you unless you brought it up and you started the conversation. And I think deep down inside, he questioned everything, but he didn't have the resources that we have. He didn't have the uh, information superhighway that we have. So he kind of, I think a lot of them were kind of like, well, you know, I'm going to pray to Jesus just in case. Yeah. Right. Just in case it might be true, I want to cover the bases. And I think a lot of people Uh, older than us and and deeper in our families were probably of the same thinking. Yeah, I mean, like growing up, I I didn't know 
that there were other religions. I knew there were yeah. other sects of Christianity. Right. And until, you know, September 11th, I really didn't know what a Muslim was. Yeah. I mean, Agreed. we were so insulated. Like, like I, I've grown up a lot as I became an adult. But the school I went to school at, I graduated with one African-American kid and sure. uh, one mixed kid. That was the diversity of my so 9-11 happens, I graduate high school, and I go to Detroit to work. And wow. I don't know if you know anything about Dearborn, Michigan. I think I may have seen – isn't that where Michael Moore's from? Um, documentary maker? Maybe. But Dearborn to. has the highest population of Muslims in America. Wow. And so here, here goes this little country boy who doesn't know anything to Detroit. Right. And I walk right. into Walmart and I see a lady in a full burqa and I'm a, it was a culture shock. Yeah. You're just hoping they don't fly planes into the Walmart. Yeah. I was I like, I, I was terrified. I, I had no idea. So it's something that, that I have children now and I try to talk to them about these religions and what they're thinking and what they, how they can think through these thoughts and, yeah, that's uh, I always come back to living and being raised in the Bible Belt. And uh, I was very fortunate. I'm more thankful every day because I just grew up in a family that had an open mind and wanted me to be an individual. But I can remember hearing other kids around me. And basically, in the South, in the United States, you're raised that if they're different from you in any way, then they're the enemy. And they're to be there to be afraid of and they are to be worried about and uh you know that's that's another thing that i think comes along with the christian faith especially christian faith is that everyone else is wrong everyone else has chosen the wrong god they've chosen the wrong lane in life and instead of just hey let's live to let live and and let bygones be bygones no we're going to try to pick a fight with these people because we think they're wrong and we're right. And that is if for anybody listening out there, that's either wasn't born and raised in the Bible belt or have never been through the Bible belt. Um, it's, it's, it's 19 early 1900s, late 1800s thinking. Now we finally yes. got that far. Yes. And I mean, there, it is so ass backwards there. We still have dry counties. Yeah. Uh, where you can't buy beer before noon on Sundays. Uh, I mean, it's yeah, it's nuts. Like, well, I mean, your state just passed uh, well, recreational marijuana a year yep. ago, right? That is. They correct. still have no dispensaries. No. Nope. You can own. Like, you can you can own uh, up to three plants personally, <laughs> but which, you can't buy seeds. But you can't. Well. There's ways around everything, but no, yeah, it's, it, it, I don't know. And, it's the Bible you know, Belt thing though. I mean, that's, that's what I was getting it at. It is. I mean, if you, if you research the history of marijuana and why it actually ever became illegal to begin with, you would, it would just give you, it would, it would give you great insight to how selfish and how far people are willing to go to just uh, better their better their own lives and screw everybody else. Yes. So, 
so whenever whenever you started going through your progression, mm-hmm. right? Did you ever consider yourself agnostic? No, you no, did. I, I've I've never I, I've never had anyone give me any reason to believe in any of it. Um, from day one, I, I I've always been inquisitive and I question everything. And I try to look at everything from all sides, like what we were talking about earlier. And it just, I could never, they could never make it make sense to me. Like, like the whole thing, it's, it's a good joke, the Noah's Ark and other things, the virgin birth, all of these things. I can make fun of them and make them funny. But the fact that people actually believe that makes me sad. It used to piss me off, but now it just makes me sad. Yeah, I mean, I was one of those people, but it's it's almost like it was a an indoctrination. It was that sure. was what you were taught, and Absolutely. and I mean, even to this day, I I came out as an atheist probably fifteen years ago at this point, and there are still times where I'm like, "What if I'm wrong?" Because sure, I, I mean, had that Southern Baptist hellfire and brimstone, yeah. you know thought process but at the same time logically it does not make sense right and that's that's the thing too i mean parents parents do things most parents good parents which i believe most parents are they always want to do what's best for their child right yeah and you know you can go back through history in, in our country and in our world of um, things that parents of past generations thought were healthy and they would feed it to their kids. You know, we all now should know that the standard American diet of fried this and everything that is not the healthiest diet in the world. But no, when you're no. a kid growing up and your parents fed you that stuff, um, you know, they thought they were doing what was best. And I think people have to, you have to you have to give them a break on that. You have to almost give them a pass in the fact that, okay, you didn't know better way back then, but let's talk about it and see how you feel about it. After once you learn a few things, you know, you're going to have people in the world that just refuse to learn. They refuse to open their mind. They're just lost and you can't do anything for them, but your loved ones, the people that you're around on a regular basis, your family, your friends, your coworkers, if you're close to your coworkers, these are people that you care about them and they care about you. And you may not have anything in common. You may not have any, nothing that even floats in the same direction. You may be an atheist and your best friend may be a devout Christian. Now there was a time in my life when I would have been confrontational about it, but now to like you were talking about, you, you want to be beyond civil. You want to be understanding and you, and you want to be there and be supportive for them, even though you think they're wrong. So if you come from a Christian faith and you're trying to resolve something with someone who is still a Christian. Yeah. I can see where you would take a step back and say, well, wait a minute here, this person who I love and care about, and I think they're really smart. How can it be that, that I could be completely wrong. Does that make I, sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
uh, like when I found out about my grandparents believing the young earth theory, it blew my mind. And they literally told me that God had put fossils into the ground to test our faith. Wow. But at the time, my young brain couldn't handle it. And I just said, so you're telling me that the Romans and Egyptians rode to battle on Triceratops? I said, because that's, we know that those animals existed. I right. said, there's no way that it couldn't be. But it's like those things don't, they don't click with certain people within that religion. And I don't know, I don't know how to, how else to say that. No, I I I totally get it. I totally get it. It's, well, I ask you the agnostic question because coming out of the Christian faith, the way I came out was I started looking into other religions. Like, okay. I read some of the Quran and I read the Bible and I started reading like the Bhagavad Gita and I looked in like my bookshelf is crazy. You've got everything (laughs) from Christopher Hitchens to Richard Dawkins to religious texts. But there's, there's nothing wrong with that. If you're just constantly trying to make yourself smarter and make yourself better, there's nothing wrong with that. Oh no, no, no. But I mean, whenever I was doing all that, I came to the conclusion at one point I was like, is is everyone just worshiping the same God yeah. and they're all going about it differently. And then I, I chose that path for a little while because it was easier. You know, it was easier to tell somebody sure. that than to say, no, I don't believe. Sure. Yeah. That's a that. big step for people to, to actually come to that conclusion mm-hmm. and be able to say, it, especially if you're coming out of the faith. Yeah. I, and, I can't imagine there being many more, uh, difficult decisions to make in life than to take something that you've believed with all your heart for your entire life. And then one day having to say, wow, I could have been wrong all this time. I mean, I remember asking my grandfather if I could be in the choir. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it, it's a very radical change, but it was very necessary. Like, I think I'm a better person because of it. Yeah, I mean, and I, I'm not saying that Christians are bad people. I feel like that I wasn't who I should have been uh, when I was in the faith. I, I didn't. I didn't. I don't know. I didn't f- fulfill what I should be doing. And I totally that get sense. that. You know, the one thing about the term agnostic and and the term that I, I think is not used nearly enough in our society anymore is. You never hear anybody say, I don't know. Oh, yeah. And that's a perfectly uh, a perfectly respectful answer to a question. Yeah, you shouldn't and, be afraid and, to say that. And no, and no, and people don't go on TV. People don't go on social media and say, I don't know. They always have to have an answer. And that feeds into, um, you know, yeah, say, I don't know. Say you don't know the answers and that gives you like a clean slate to start with. You're not an atheist and you're probably not a Christian anymore, but you get to figure it out. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes anytime anyone's ever asked me, and I haven't had a lot of conversations, but I've had people come to me and say, you know what? I don't think I believe anymore. I said, the first thing you need to do right now is you say, I don't know. 
empty <laughs> all the preconceived bullshit you've got in your head as much as possible, clear your mind, and then dig into it. I- I'm convinced if anyone ever digs into religion and Jesus and God with a completely open mind, they come out the other side not believing. And that's the only thing I can tell people. Don't don't let the Bible Belt atheists tell you what's right or wrong. Don't let anybody else tell you what's right or wrong. If you don't know the answer, say you don't know the answer, and then go on the path. Go go down yeah. that road and try to find it out. Try to try to figure it yeah. out and learn it. Do your own research. I mean, it's it's really not hard to not, look up any of these any of these questions. I mean. Yeah. A, you can find so much information. Uh, I mean, we've talked about Christopher Hitchens. Uh, Richard Dawkins is amazing to listen to if you want to learn anything about evolution. Uh, I mean, just an English person's voice in general makes everything sound smarter. But uh, My girlfriend and I have spent a lot of time watching uh, uh, George Carlin stand up on religion and there's some stand-up comedians out there that poke fun at it, and they're obviously they're atheists. And my girlfriend, we kind of look at each other. We'll hear a joke, especially something from Carlin, and you're just like, man, he just put it in a way that should be so digestible and so funny to everyone. But it, pointing out the absurdity of it, I think that's a that's something that catches people off guard. Um, you know, you, you hear people talk about, I, I, I'd be willing to bet there's grown people out there that have heard me make a, a joke about a faith or a religion, and they've never heard anybody joke about being a Christian ever. Oh, I, I'm the same. And, but when you do it, do you do it for a purpose? Like, I like to shock people because it kind yeah. of sticks. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm a shock value guy. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm the classic, uh, class clown. And I always was even going back to preschool. You know, I like, I love to make people laugh. I love to see people smile. And I also love to see, you can see the light bulb go off. Sometimes, sometimes you say something in front of somebody and you can see the look on their face. They're like, Oh my God, I never thought about that. Yeah, I mean, you can tell when someone really wants to talk and someone yeah. is open. And yeah, like you said, it's it's an amazing feeling whenever you can talk to someone and see that it's actually getting through. Yeah, and but, but like, I, I try to use humor for everything. You have to. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I think so. That's the best way to make it, as you said, digestible. I mean, it's just like I, I think that's the best way to do everything. I try to make sure there's a smile on my face at least 90% of the day. Sure. I mean, that's the only way to live is to, to be happy and enjoy life. And again, I, I really dig shock value. Um, I grew up listening to shocking music and um, I wore shocking clothes and I, especially in the Bible, in the Bible belt. I mean, I wore spiked bracelets and belts for years and, you know, I, I don't want to look like everybody else. I don't want to think like everybody else, but humor was always the easiest thing. And like I said, I know I've cracked jokes about religion in front of people that their entire lives have never heard such a thing. Oh, my favorite. Well, we probably shouldn't say that, but, but yes, I I love 
religious sect jokes. We'll say that. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> or absolutely. fuck it. I'll just go ahead and say I love Catholic jokes. Fuck the yeah. Catholics. I'm just going to say it. Fuck the absolutely. Catholics. Absolutely. You can As an atheist, care- I don't see how they can even be considered Christian at this point. I don't know how half of them aren't in prison at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Catholics are an easy target. Um, I've, you know, I've heard a lot, a lot of jokes over the years, Jewish jokes, Baptist, Catholics, the whole nine yards. And, uh, you know, when someone who claims to be religious and tells you a dirty religious joke, that's, that's all you need. Yes. That's all you need. You're like, okay, you're playing the game, but you, you get it. Nod, nod, wink, wink. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, I work at a, a very Christian workplace and we had a Christmas party off work grounds. And mm-hmm. I talked to a couple of coworkers that I've never talked to. And I introduced myself as, hi, my name's Isaac. Nice to meet fellow heathens. Yeah. Because they all like my whole workplace did a prayer before we ate. And I'm mm-hmm. like looking around and I see two other people out of the two hundred and fifty just yeah. like looking around. And I yeah. was like, okay, at least I'm not alone here. No, no. It's <laughs> you know, I'm I'm amazed every day that goes by more people that I talk to in passing that, you know, have similar or the same beliefs. And, you know, that's another thing that's been beautiful about technology. I mean, even this podcast that I've been doing now for a little over a year, you know, to know that there's other people out there that think like you do, it gives you just more confidence to speak your mind and to to live your honesty. Because, like you said about going to the dinner and looking around while they're saying (laughs) prayer, I've done it. Anybody who's ever even been agnostic or whatever, everybody's looking around. They're keeping score. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what they're doing. They're like, they're making little notes. It's, oh, you know, Isaac didn't bow his head during the prayer. Hmm, <laughs> we're going to have to do a full investigation. And I make inappropriate jokes. Like, I make inappropriate jokes. I had yeah. to attend a funeral not too long ago. And. I was requested to stay mm. by uh, by the husband of the deceased. And I, I told him, I said, I can't. And they said, why? And I said, man, you got to turn the air conditioner up if you want me to stay. And yeah. in that moment, even though he's severely religious, I got a hint of a smile yeah. through all yeah. the grief because he knew. Like, he didn't even expect me to show up at his church yeah. for the funeral, you know? and. So that, that's the kind of humor I like is. Yeah, definitely. And that's the only way, that's the only way to, to work with everybody is that's, you know, there's, there's a few things we all have in common, right? We all need food and water to survive. We're all going to die. These things are inevitable. We're all going to pay taxes, but you know what? It's so much easier if we can all just laugh. Everything's just way too serious now. And like, I, I guess you listened to my podcast a couple of days ago about fuck your prayers, dude. I, I was as pissed off as I've been in a while. And it's kind of was like, huh, I don't know. Maybe I went too far, nah. but, um, but no, I think the future is bright. I think um, the opportunities out there for people to learn. I mean, just here in, in the lovely Lynchburg area. So Jerry Falwell, um, the pastor 
was a deeply religious man and started a religious learning institution. His son was fired from running that institution, and now he and his wife claims, well, they're not really Christian after all. And Jerry Falwell III is no longer working for the school. So I don't even know what he's doing, but I'm sitting there thinking it's three generations away from this guy thinking he's Moses and building schools <laughs> to now trickle down to this generation to where, you know, we like to unzip our pants on, on yachts and we're, we're not really religious after all. I mean, well, yeah, three generations. So it would have been easy to hide. Sure, especially when I mean, there's no there's no microphones around or, or iPhones or anything. Yeah, no way internet. To document anything. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, I, I've thought about that a lot and it, how easy it would be to pull the wool over someone's eyes. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you had today's knowledge and you could go back 300 years, what could you change? Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, are you familiar with Corey Taylor? Corey Let's Taylor? Say, yeah. From Slipknot and Stone Sour? Yeah. yeah, he's a singer in a couple of my favorite bands. He's written several books, if you ever get a chance to read them. Uh, the Seven Deadly Sins is really good, but uh, there's a chapter in one of his books where, uh, you know, if you really want to be successful and you really want to make a lot of money, uh, you need to start a religion. He does a whole chapter on how to start a religion. <laughs> and uh, Penn Jillette, um, from Penn and Teller, he's written several yes. books that I've read as well, and he has a very similar chapter in one of his books about how to start a religion. And really, I mean, you're starting you're starting something that does not require proof, does not require any evidence. It's all just I'm going to say it, and you have to believe it. And wow, hopefully, hopefully, we're making the turn though. The the Falwells have fallen from grace, and um, <laughs> There's a few other ones that the who was the pastor? I think he was in Texas that hated homosexuals and then got caught with a gigolo in his room. Or oh something. Jesus! Um, yeah, I know you're talking about. And Kenneth Copeland. Anybody can take that guy serious. I'm gonna do a whole episode on just TV evangelists and just just poke shit at all of them because I just, ridiculous. I've actually joked around with my mom that I'm gonna quit my job and become a tent revival preacher. Yeah, and just fleece people out of money. Absolutely. And she tells Absolutely. me it's not funny, but she usually laughs when I say it. <laughs> well, well, I had a business idea, and I think years ago I even actually put an ad on Craigslist that was um, um, pet insurance for the rapture. Oh, that, if, that if you're worried about the rapture and you're worried about what happens to your pet, you can go ahead and pay me a uh, $5,000 non-refundable payment. And I will guarantee that when the rapture happens, your pet will be taken care of. <laughs> and nobody oh. went for it. I didn't get it. So you, you were talking about starting the religion. I actually uh, got talked to by one of my bosses because they have a, uh, what is it called? A, a chaplain that mm, comes in yeah. and talks to people and nice. I've told him who I am and whatever. I mean, how I am. And one day he came up and I was just in a bad mood and he said, what are you doing today? And I said, trying to figure out how to become rich. Yeah. And he said, how are you, how do you think you're going to do that? And I said, well, we could always start a cult. And he just That's gave perfect. me that funny look. And I was like, yeah, just get them to give you all their money. You give them white sneakers and you have them drink the Kool-Aid. There's nobody yeah. to tell on you. Yeah, exactly. 
he he mentioned it to someone in the office and my boss came out laughing at me telling me to quit screwing with the chaplain (laughs) (laughs) stop sending him here yeah i mean i don't do anything to hurt people but yeah i just uh i don't know it's it's crazy i mean if you've never been in the deep bible belt and seen the things that go on around here it's it's crazy it really is and it's hopefully now that technology is has done what it's done and information is so easy to access hopefully people will catch on and learn but you know i started this podcast more or less for my own entertainment and just i love to talk um you know people anybody who knows me will tell you that if no one's around i'll just talk to the wall it works out but um yeah i mean that's that was been my main goal is just to make fun of this stuff and and find the humor in it now last a couple days ago i kind of went off the deep end but you know there are issues out there need to be addressed um yeah i mean well there are some things that you need to be angry about absolutely i mean absolutely like i i get i get a lot of shit because i say that i respect the satanists and i say (laughs) that because I mean, I really do the things that they do, but it's, I get shit because no one really knows what a Satanist is around here. Well, they don't, you know. they don't think about it as being just a group of atheists that are pretty much just fucking with you. They're yeah. trolling you is what they're doing. Well, it's, and, it, it, I actually had someone, I told them that I didn't believe in God and they, they told me that I must worship the devil. And I was like, well, hold up. If I don't believe in God, the devil was the co-star in the same book. Yep. So I can't believe in one and not believe in the other. So the the idea of anyone believing that an atheist is a Satan worshiper goes against logic. So but right. I wanted to uh I wanted to ask you uh, how did you stumble across the Bible Belt Atheist podcast? I'm always looking for content and different perspectives. I mean, um, if anyone is listening and looking for content, you can listen to anything from the atheist experience yep. uh, to YouTube channels, Christopher, uh, Chris Hitchens, just anything. But I was just literally just driving and just typed in atheists into Spotify. And I ran across it and I listened to, I think it was your latest episode and I emailed you that day. Awesome. I was like, this is, this is really cool. I'm glad that you were doing it. Well, thank you. And I mean, it's, it's really good. And I really liked what you, I don't, I can't remember which episode it was. I've been kind of binging your episodes here lately to try to, okay. You're ready to talk to you, but you were talking about the Christian lady that wrote into you. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, it's cool that she listened. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and and her her email was uh, very kind. It was not hateful in any way, shape, or form. And yeah, I mean, that's. I, I don't think, as much as I like to make fun of religions and religious people, I'm not going to send hate mail to somebody. I'm just not. And. Yeah. You know, and it's it has to do with more of how can you expect anyone to ever listen to your side of the story if you're constantly just screaming at them? You know, that doesn't work. They can't hear what you're trying to say when you're just yelling at them. 
So for someone to give me feedback like that, I loved it. It was one of the my most favorite things that I've ever received is that email of her basically saying, hey, I disagree with you, but, you know, I appreciate your side and appreciate your point. I mean, but that's the only way that anything will ever change is if yep. both sides can talk and listen and yep. logically think it through. Whether we agree or disagree, there are things that as human beings, we have to we yep. have to like agree on. You Absolutely. Know, we're Absolutely. always going to have differences. Absolutely. And I think that's uh, part of the reason why I started doing this and why it means what it means to me because I, I really enjoy doing it but the only way that I foresee getting through the problems in life and problems in society is we all have to listen to the other side and we all have to take their thoughts and feelings into consideration you know this world's not going to be any better if if all the atheists hate all the Christians no it's just not and that's kind of what I'm big on. I'm big on trying to see both sides of the story and try to be as open-minded as possible. I've been proven wrong before. I have. And I'm here to admit that I've been proven wrong, that I've once thought a certain way about a certain subject and somebody proved to me that I was wrong. It can yeah. happen. But it's not happening unless we talk to each other. No. No one is infallible. No. Especially me. So as, as an atheist, what, what is your response when somebody says, like, I get it all the time. So what happens to you when you die? What is your response? And I'll tell you what mine is. Well, I've joked about it before about the Jehovah's Witness asking me, you know, do you know what happens to you when you die? And I always say no, and you don't either. The only <laughs> the only assumption and educated guess that I can make is um, we go back to being dust on the earth and we go back to the dirt that we came from. You know, we are part of the animal kingdom. A lot of Christians mm -hmm. don't want to even don't even want to agree to that. But we're animals. The only thing that separates us from the rest of the animal kingdom is we have opposable thumbs and an ability to learn. And so this grandiose idea that there's a place just for us humans to go to after we're gone and disregard all of the other animals in the animal kingdom seems a little, I don't know, a little self-absorbed Yes, from that angle. So yeah. I, I don't think anything happens to me. I think when my body dies, when it gives out that uh, I'm biodegradable, I'm going to go right back to the earth that I came from. I have two simple answers that I usually give. One okay. is either it'll be the same thing that happened before I was born. Right. I have no idea. Neither do you. That's pretty much the same thing you said. And the there second one is um, in the ground. Those are my two things. And if I'm ever asked what my purpose of life is, it's, it's a pretty much just to leave this place better than I found it. That's all Absolutely. I want to do. And that's simple and to the point, and that works. Yeah, I, um, I'm kind of well known for my my rapture jokes, and there's a there's a road here in Lynchburg that goes right 
across the front of the Liberty University campus and there's shopping and there's restaurants. And you know, 25 years ago, there was nothing on this road. It was just wide open road. Well, now it's every shopping and every every place to eat and, and spend money that you can imagine is on this road. So it's rather crowded and they haven't changed the infrastructure. It's still exactly what it was. They've just added a million more people a week in these places. And I always make the joke that it's rapture is going to happen at five o'clock on a Friday. I'm going to be stuck in traffic in front of Liberty university. I'm going to be the only one in my car. And I'm going to have to figure out how to get a tow truck to get all these damn cars away from me <laughs> that don't have any drivers. You know? Yeah. And it's yep. it, as silly as that sounds, there's people that believe that all of a sudden you're just going to, poof, you're going to get sucked up into the sky. Yep. So, so it's, a, it's a little bit yes, ridiculous. Sir. So, well, I think I'm going to wind this thing down, man. I appreciate uh, you joining me for this. Well, thank you for having me. And um, like I said, I I don't know. Well, we will definitely My do it again. Just kind of blanked out a little bit. Understood. We will do this again, and uh, I've enjoyed it. And maybe next time we'll sit down on a particular subject. So now that they've heard your life story and mine, we can dig into some deep shit. Well, let's do it, man. I'm down. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you again for being a listener. Absolutely. Bring on the profanity. Well, thank Uh, you again for listening and uh, I will catch up with you soon. All right. Thank you. Take care. Have a good evening. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. So what do you think? How did we do? Did we get the proper amount of sinning in on that conversation? I think we did. I hope you liked it. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope to do many more of these on many different topics in the future. Uh, Thank you for listening. Thank you for checking it out. I would love some feedback. I would love some comments on this. Um, Please feel free to reach out to me at my email, thebiblebeltatheistpodcast at gmail.com. No capital letters, no punctuation. Just thebiblebeltatheistpodcast at gmail.com. If this was your first time listening, thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you can overlook my amateur status and just um, appreciate it for the content and not necessarily how it came to you. I know there was some hiccups, but it's okay. This too shall pass, as they say. Uh, If you are a repeat listener, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, I greatly appreciate everyone that listens on a regular basis. It seems like quite a few people are binging. Uh, the podcast, which I, I I really dig it. And please reach out if you have comments, if you have uh, ideas for episode content, ideas for topics for me to talk about by myself or with guests or so on and so forth. Hey, we're just trying to build this open forum. We're just trying to build this community where people, we can talk, we can be skeptical, we can be atheist. We can be agnostic. We can be disbelievers. We can be whatever we want to be and still have an open line of communication because that's what it's all about. So thank you very much to Isaac in Tennessee. I enjoyed the chat. Hope to do it again soon. And for everybody else, just get out there and get to sinning, will you?